everybody. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Christians. We have some great guests again, as usual. Awesome guys here. And I want to introduce you to them. Let's start off with um, Mike. Uh, Mike, tell us who you are, where you're from, and something you're doing for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, name's Mike Mitchell. I am originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I am now living in Dagsboro, Delaware. I am the evangelist at the Church of Christ here in Dagsboro, uh, also a professor at the Delmarva Bible College here in Dagsboro, Delaware, and uh, serving in those two ministries here. Awesome. That's awesome. Joshua, how about you? All right. Um, so I am uh, from Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, I'm currently a college student at uh, Freed Hardman University in Henderson, Tennessee. And um, I'm also currently the associate minister at Central Church of Christ in Decaturville, a small congregation of about 30. And I'm also, uh, during the summer, I'm the missionary intern at uh, Deerfoot Church of Christ in Birmingham. Um, and after I graduate, I hope to be a missionary to Romania. Oh, awesome. Cool, man. One day, maybe we'll interview you straight from there. <laughs> yeah. Ben, how about you? I'm Ben Grady. I'm from South Haven, Mississippi, but now I'm in Calgary, Alberta with my wife and new child, new girl, little girl. Um, I have, I'm just a Christian and trying to share the gospel. Um, I have a group called Where's the Cross on Facebook, and um, we share gospel and uh, Bible um, articles and, and truths, you know, daily um, to encourage and edify the brethren and also try to reach the lost. So that's what I'm doing. Excellent. Yeah. Warriors of the Cross. I'm a member. It's good, man. Good <laughs> pictures on there too. Always cool pictures. <laughs> I like it. My name is uh, Titus Blair and I'm a missionary in uh, New Zealand helping the church here. And I also, you know, every day try and spread the good news in every way to everyone. And uh, I have a, a wife and four kids and we love what we do. We get to do serve in the kingdom. And I also on the side do technology stuff and help people uh, with their technical things. So um, let's get started with our episode today, Lost in the Storm. Uh, I don't think it's stormy out there, do you? Right now it's crazy. Uh, all the riots and viruses and things. 2020 has started out crazy. Who knows what's going to happen at the end, but I hope at the end everybody's worshiping and glorifying God, you know, and seeking him first. So that's why we're doing the show to help you who have questions and also those of you who are struggling or are, are hopeless in this time. So we're going to start with our, our verse uh, for the, this, this episode. And um, it's in Matthew chapter 14. Starts with verse 25. This is a good story. Really good story. Miraculous story. Uh, one of my favorites because uh, I can't imagine. Well, you'll find out what's going to happen. It says, uh, and so Matthew 14, verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the water. And the disciples saw him walking on the water and they were frightened. And they said, it is a false vision. It's like, a, it's, we can't believe it. And they cried out because of their fear. But Jesus spoke to them at once and he said, have courage. It is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered saying, my Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Uh, th this is the type of time when you ask a question, you don't want the answer. Peter gets the answer he probably didn't want to have. <laughs> uh, Jesus <laughs> said to him, come. That's what he said, just that word. Uh, so Peter went down from the boat and he walked on the water to come to Jesus. 
But when he saw that the wind was strong, he was afraid and began to sink. And he raised his voice. He said, my Lord, save me. And our Lord immediately stretched out his hand and grasped him. And he said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind quieted down. And they who were in the boat came and worshiped him. And they said, truly, you are the son of God. This is an amazing story. This is real, folks. This story is, is not imaginary. It's not a fable. Peter actually walked on water. Just want to let you know. A lot of people don't believe today the Bible is, is true. The Bible is true. This is a real event. Wouldn't it be awesome to do it? So let's talk about it. Uh, what's something that stands out to you guys? So one or two things that kind of just speaks to you, you know, when you read it, you go, wow, this one impacts me or this has been something in my life or something you think is really neat about this verse. Let's start with Ben. Ben, what do you think about all oh, this story here? Or, or what, we, what, do we, what do we call it? Uh, historical fiction or something? No, no. What is it called? Not historical. We said it the last time. What was it? Event. Yeah, it's an event. Yeah. <laughs> historical nonfiction. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. Um, well, I think it's pretty amazing, you know, that he, out of all the, the ones on the boat, said, Lord, let me go out, you know, uh, to walk on the water. Uh, why? Where was their faith? Where was their, you know, want to do that? You know, I think. Peter's always the one kind of speaks out just like without thinking almost, you know? Um, I think it's also interesting that this is the only um, out of the gospels. It's the only gospel that has it uh, recorded. It has others have him walking on the water, but it doesn't have Peter walking out, which is just an interesting point that, I, that um, stood out to me about this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like Luke, Luke uh, or Matthew, sorry, Matthew covers it. Matthew's very exacting too, if you notice. He's very right. Like he covers all the details to the to the T. Joshua, yeah. what about you? Thanks, Ben. Well, uh, one thing that uh, kind of sticks out to me uh, the first time I read this passage, uh, I immediately thought of Hebrews uh, chapter twelve, uh, verses one and two, uh, when it talks about that um, Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, and we need to look unto Him, um, and so. You know, Peter, uh, he didn't exactly look at Jesus. He was too busy worrying about the waves um, and everything mm -hmm. around him. And as a result, he lost faith. And we know in the book of Hebrews, you know, it's written to discourage uh, church. Um, and the members were really struggling with their faith because they were looking at all the persecution around them um, and everything that was going on in the world. And I think it speaks to, you know, today we can be discouraged with all right. the waves around us, but we have to look to Jesus. Definitely. That's a great analogy. And it's actually in the story. You know, you can visualize it. Mike, what do you think? Thanks, Joshua. Right. Like, like the other guys are saying, you know, the story, of course, we, we use this when we preach and teach to, you know, to teach our people that, you know, in the midst of storms and things that are going on in our lives, that Jesus is there. And that he's going to help us through that. And one thing that I found uh, interesting about this passage in verse 22, if we just back up for a second, uh, Jesus, it says there that immediately Jesus made his disciples uh, get into the boat and go before him to the other side. I think the KJV uses Jesus constrained. And so uh, I have taught that I, I believe that Jesus orchestrated or, or created this situation that was about to take place he strongly urged them to get into the boat and and cause this to happen because he had a plan for his life and so when we read it we we realize jesus has a plan 
He's in control. Like Josh said, he's the author and finisher of our faith. He is our sustainer. And so uh, when we're in the midst of those storms, we just need to trust him and say, Jesus has a plan. He's caused this to happen for a reason. And uh, I have to learn what it is. Exactly. Yeah. And it's great. We can read it right. Uh, early on, people didn't have this was like an oral thing. They didn't have a lot of written. So they, they had to hear it. They had to visualize it. I think this is great because Jesus reaches down. What does it say? And he grabs him like he doesn't say, Peter, get up, get up, you know, just get up. He's like grabs him and he, he, he literally reaches towards him and touches him and says, here I am I'm right here. And he pulls him out and he doesn't go, hey, good job. I'm glad you tried. No, he says, why did you doubt you were doing it? You know, like it's it's not a, oh, Peter, I'm so proud of you. And he didn't go back in the boat and yell at the guys either, right? <laughs> hey, all you guys did do it. Everybody's kind of quiet. You know, they, they, they're all pretty quiet. Um, probably sad that they didn't step out. Probably crazy, thinking, well, I probably would have sunk just like Peter. So uh, it's just awesome that you, if you're listening or watching the show, um, literally Jesus can reach and grab you. Like you, he, he can rescue you from whatever you're in. So that's pretty awesome. And that's that's a real cool part of the story. And now what I want to do is I want to transition this now into some questions. And I've got questions that are related kind of to this story, which is great. So you'll see some things um, kind of referencing back to the story. So the first question we have, which is a good one. I, I always these are great questions is how do you build courage, especially when things seem so scary and out of control? You know, sometimes you think you're courageous until you encounter a fearful thing. And then you're not prepared. So do you, do you have any um, things that, you know, from God's word, from your experience as a, as a Christian that kind of has helped you build courage uh, in your lives? So you can take it one by one. Just raise your hand or let me know. And um, take we'll take it from here. Yes, Mike. Yeah. Uh, well, in verse 23 here, it says, uh, backing up again. Now, what just took place before this, uh, this situation? Jesus just fed the 5,000 and. Um, things, things kind of got chaotic. Uh, the people at first were following Jesus. And then when they realized that he wasn't there for what they wanted, they, they walked away and things got real chaotic. And so Jesus sends them off on a boat. And in verse 23, it says, when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was alone there. And, you know, every time things got chaotic or Jesus found himself in a in a in a bad situation or or a scary situation he went off and prayed and uh, same thing in the garden of gethsemane when when he was facing the cross and 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 all that was going to happen to him he uh went off and prayed to the father so of course uh, the first thing that we need to do is go and pray to the father for comfort and strength and uh, but but of course like jesus we pray that his will be done all right that's awesome so prayer, prayer is a, is a thing when you're faced and you need courage, go to the one who gives courage, right? Who has the power. Yeah. What about you, Joshua? You got something? Yeah. So one of the things that uh, comes to mind is uh, surrounding yourselves with uh, like-minded people, like-minded spiritual people um, to rely on for encouragement. Um, obviously, we need to pray to God, uh, you know, because he is the source of our strength. But it's also good to have fellowship uh, with Christians with one another. And we see the importance of this, especially uh, in Acts chapter 11, you know, after uh, Stephen has been persecuted uh, and killed for his faith. Uh, we see that um, all of those who have been scattered as a result of the persecution that started because of Stephen, um, those who have scattered 
had then spread their faith uh, all the way out through Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. And what happened as a result of that faith scattering um, was Christians coming together and forming a church, the Church of Antioch, which became a missionary stronghold in the region at the time. So we see the importance of, you know, having a community even in the midst of trials and um, a, a storm that surrounds us. Yeah, that's awesome. And and when it scattered, we had a, a talk with Christians about sowing the seed. It was like sowing the seed into a wider field, right? It was mm-hmm. just in a smaller place and it went out. So that's awesome. So encouraging, getting courage from encouragement, which has the word in it, right? The mm-hmm. people around us. That's good. And you know, it's funny. I thought about uh, discouraged. You ever think about that word? People get discouraged. You lose your courage, you know, discouraged. Ben, what about you, man? Well, I think you have when you're out in the boat and the, the, everything's going crazy, you know, you have to put the anchor down to keep, you know, so we have to solidify our faith and go to the word, go to the source, go to Jesus and look to him, keep our eyes on him and put the plant the word in our heart, heart continually so we can. I mean, when Jesus was tempted, and you know, tempted and uh, he, what does he do? He answers in scripture. So he, ha- he has to know this scripture for us. We have to memorize it. We have to plant, you know, know it. And a lot of that comes from using it. For me, um, going and having studies and doing these things like that um, online, posting, making articles, you know, reading through different articles, stuff like that, helps it to uh, come in my mind, be able to spit it back out and regurgitate it and use it. So it's a constant process, and you're building and growing and and learning and uh, constantly. I think you said y'all read a chapter before every meal. I mean, just different things we can do constantly in our day to make a habit of planting right. the word in our hearts. Yeah. It's easy to just get so busy that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you stop focusing on what's important. And in Peter's example, he got distracted and got afraid because he saw the wind and the waves and all that. He looked away from Jesus because you can't see that stuff without, without taking your eyes off Jesus. And I liked it. What Jesus said, Jesus said, Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? So courage, sometimes people lack courage or lose courage because they doubt. You know, Mm -hmm. let's say I gave you a bulletproof vest and you thought it was impervious. And then you saw someone get shot and it went right through the same vest. All of a sudden, that courage just goes right away. (laughs) Now you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I got a bulletproof. There's supposed to be a bulletproof vest, but it's not anymore. So I think it goes down to, do you believe in God, a powerful God? Like, do you believe that God is real? So if you're losing your courage, Maybe you're losing your your faith in God. Maybe you're, you're, that doubt is seeping in, you know? So just think about that. Um, that's something I think about myself is if I'm ever afraid to do something God calls me to do, then I must not believe in a powerful God. Because if he calls me to do it, then he's going to be there for me. And whether that means I lose my life or not, God is wanting me to do it. And so that's that's where we can get courage from, I think, is focusing on Jesus, focusing on God. And saying, you know what, this life is is really much meaningless without Jesus, without what God what God has done through Jesus. You know, so awesome. So building courage. If you need courage right now, I'll recap. Uh, prayer. Prayer is very important. Like Mike said, Jesus would go away, you know, and spend time in prayer. And then also Joshua said, just being encouraged by others, you know, because because the group is helpful. We're supposed to come together and, and encourage one another. And Ben said, like having that word always in you. You know, always being able to quote quote things and, and hear that the word of God come through you to other people. 
And uh, I was saying uh, focus on God, but also I think encourage other people. I, a lot of times if you take it off yourself and put it on somebody else, it helps. Like if you help somebody, if you encourage somebody, you find out you're encouraged, you find out you're helped. So uh, focus on the people. And uh, we have some, if anybody, yeah, if anybody wants to chat, uh, just feel free. This is a live show. You can always ask questions. And uh, let's go on to the next one. Unless anybody has any uh, anything else they want to say. Anybody, everybody good? I don't want to, I want to go past it. Okay, good. The next question is, um, the storms of life are pretty crazy right now. That's an understatement probably, huh? For me, and I feel like I am sinking like Peter. What can I do? What do you do? I, I like I like it because I we want to do practical things, right? We could say, oh, just read this verse. But we want to give practical things also that we do that's helped us. So I don't know if any of you have been in a storm in your life. Uh, maybe you felt like you were sinking. What is uh, some things that, first of all, you've done that have helped you maybe? Um, and then also things that you've encouraged others to do. So who wants to take this one on? Mike, go for it. Yeah. Uh, well, you were talking about faith uh, a second ago. And it's faith in what, you know. It, of course, it's faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. And so, you know, Romans 8.28 talks about he'll work out all things for the good of those that love him. And uh, like I pointed out in the beginning in verse 22, Jesus made his disciples get into that boat and go out into that storm. He knew a storm was coming. I think that he created the storm so that they would learn this lesson. And so, right. you know, at, at, at times I have to remind myself, I, I can't say that, you know, I'm perfect in this. I, when things happen and I'm in a storm, there's times where I start to sink myself, but I have to remember who created the storm or who's in control of the storm. And when, if I would just keep my eyes fixed on that and, and my understanding on that, then I can rejoice through that storm. Jesus said to them, he said, when they said they were afraid, he said, don't be afraid. It is I, he said, be of good cheer. And so someone might say, Mike, it's okay to be upset and it's okay to worry. And it's a, well, Jesus said, be of good cheer, you know, and, and, and it's easy to do that when you keep your eyes on him and, and your, the understanding of, of who he is. Stories like this happen to show us that he has control of nature he has control of the entire universe. Nothing can happen that he doesn't want to happen. And so it's it's all about faith and trust in him. And that's what I try to do. And that's what I try to encourage others to remember and, and to set their eyes on. Uh, that's powerful. Yeah, we don't we forget of, uh, that God is powerful. Sometimes we think we control everything. Yeah. <laughs> but God can do anything. Like it, it, I think I forget that too often. Joshua, what about you? Thanks, Mike. Another... Uh... Another passage that uh, comes to mind, um, you know, for this question, at least, is uh, in Acts chapter 12. Um, you have Peter, the same guy who was sinking uh, because of his lack in faith in the storm. Uh, he's in jail because of his faith and boldly professing uh, Christ as Lord. And so um, we see that he is um, in prison, but... Um, he remains faithful and the church is praying for him in the midst of the trials that he is facing. And so I think one of the things that we can do, you know, even if the storms in our lives seem pretty crazy is like Mike mentioned earlier, you know, praying uh, will definitely help us. It doesn't hurt to communicate with God, but also it doesn't hurt to have that church family praying for you. Uh, it was the church in Antioch that was praying for 
uh, Peter when he was in prison. So uh, do not be afraid to go uh, ask for help uh, for your church members. If you are struggling with the sin and feeling discouraged by that, uh, you know, confess your sins to someone. Uh, have someone pray for you. Uh, the church is a community and we want to help because uh, we are the body of Christ. Well, we're family, right? Like we're family. Mm -hmm. That's people forget exactly. we're, we're supposed to love each other. Um, like, like Jesus loved the church pretty much. I mean, this is, it's, it's a good relationship. Like we're, we're supposed to be loving each other and, and helping each other. And Acts 2, 38 and beyond, you know, Peter tells about repenting and being baptized that they become a church and then they're what they're sharing with each other. They're in their houses all the time. People are just, it, 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 Lord added to the church, I think, because people were showing real love for each other. And they didn't care if you needed something, Joshua, I'd help you or uh, you need, you know, we'd help each other. You'd help me. So that was, that's cool. Yeah. So go for the help of the others, right? Don't, you're not alone. You're not alone in, in this crazy time. Uh, ben, Ben's up. So we, fear will sink you. And, you know, Peter, he had that fear. At first he has faith and he's got a strong faith and he's, Bold enough to say, yes, I'm going to step out here in the water. He's walking on the water. Everything's going good. He has his focus on Jesus. He's got his faith. He gets distracted by all these things. And he allows fear to overcome him. He allows fear to take his eyes off of Jesus. So with all this stuff going on right now, so many of us are overcome with fear. And we've lost sight of the importance. Paul says, you know, uh, to live is Christ, die is gain. So I think we have to live. For Christ, we have to live with that in mind, with eternity in mind. Keep your focus on Jesus, on the goal that's at hand. So we look to Jesus. We look to those great things that are promised. We know that no matter what happens on this earth, that we have a promise as Christians to have heaven and to have a home with him for eternity. And no matter what happens here, if we die here right now, tomorrow or whatever, you know, we have something greater to be looking forward to. This is just the beginning. Right. And, and it, so it's about hope, right, Ben? Mm -hmm. It's about that hope that uh, hope kind of gets people through a lot of crazy things. Uh, when they, Even if it's they're not even Christians, sometimes hope will get them to the next level where they need to go or it'll help them get through something difficult. Just that hope of that destination of where to go. So, Absolutely. yeah. That's all, and, and when I see this, when I think hear this uh, story, uh, this historical factual story, <laughs> I always think of uh, Jesus in the boat. You remember the story where Jesus is in the boat and he's sleeping and the uh, the apostles are all there, disciples, and, and, and the storm's raging. It's going to sink the boat and Jesus is sleeping. That's first of all, that's funny. Jesus is sleeping in this crazy storm and these guys are all crazy, you know, running around trying to save the boat. And he's peacefully sleeping. There's a story in that one. There's a lesson right there. And then also uh, when they wake him up, they're like, we're going to die. And he says, what do you say again? <laughs> you have little faith there. <laughs> like, he's like, what, what do you, what's the problem? I'm right here. You know, I, I'm right here. This boat's, the boat's not going to sink with me in it. And I think um, we got to ask ourselves sometimes, look, do we have control over when we die or does God have control? Because it says uh, there's been a time appointed for everyone to die. Like, and what does this fear come from? So you got your fear right now. You're sinking. Well, what would, what did Peter, what was Peter afraid of? He was afraid of dying. And that's probably what, uh, some of us are afraid of is these riots and viruses. What is What's the fear come from? It's the fear of death. It's the fear of our life being over. And so I think we can draw comfort from Jesus in the boat. We got him in the boat. 
And we're not going to die unless he allows it to happen, no matter how crazy or impossible, right? You may have cancer. You may be in jail, you know, for your, for your faith. You may be persecuted by other religions in your country, but you are not going to die until God allows it to happen, no matter how impossible or probable it may seem. People may tell you, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. The only person who has power over life and death is who? Is God. So our fear usually comes in these riots and these viruses because we're afraid of dying. But we, of all people, should not be afraid of dying, right? Like, what's our hope? Our hope is in life eternal. So if, you're, if, you're, if you ask this question um, and you feel like you're sinking, well, first of all, Jesus is going to grab you. Look to Jesus. He's going to grab you out of it. And just think to yourself, what am I really afraid of? What am I afraid of? So have you guys, let's talk, let's, I like stories. Do you have a story where you kind of, you're in a tough situation and you don't have to have one, but if you have one, let me know. You, it might've been a fearful situation and you saw God kind of intervene or come in in a way that uh, was, was encouraging or in, in your life, maybe a sickness you went through. Uh, let me know. Well, go ahead, Mike, you're up. Yeah. I, uh, well, recently just dealing with some things as the evangelist at the church here, uh, dealing with some things that happened with some of the members and some, some differences that we had and some people left and it's it's a difficult time people are confused and hurt and upset and we're trying to get through it and and you kind of start to wonder why are you letting this happen why and it's very stressful i mean it's people talk about physical things and sickness and stuff but this is a mental emotional uh position and and you sit there at night and you're not sleeping and and you you know, you, you're just heartbroken and upset and the stress causes uh, things to happen to you that aren't good. And so you start to question God and, and am I doing the right thing? Did I make the right decision? And, you know, and you start to sink a little bit and and then all of a sudden God shows you he's in control. We, we have recently been very blessed uh, with some different things going on in the church we were in need of some things and those things were provided uh, more than enough cup runneth over and it's for me it's almost like confirmation god says i'm here for you i'm still in control i i, I haven't forsaken you uh, i'm still behind you look i'm still providing for you you know so just hang on and be strong and of course i i look back to those that came before me that that preached for god and taught for god and seen that they went through the same thing and and so just kind of something a little different, but, uh, you know, that's how God has helped me through this storm to just show that he's still here with me and he's still helping me. That's awesome. Yeah. And Mike, you know, people always think of the physical, you know, struggles, but the mental ones are ones that are just as hard, if not more painful, because they, they're in your head and you can't get them out. You know, the, mm -hmm. the life you're in, uh, there's people that I know who suffer every day. They don't have enough food or they don't, they can't feed their children. And that's just tough because it's like, what do I do? I can't, I can't make up foods from nowhere, you know? So it's, uh, that's good. Joshua or Ben, if you guys have another story, uh, Sean, who's on, um, participating in the show, he just said, um, this world is so full of waves, distractions and pleasures that cause us to take our eyes off of Jesus. But we have to remember, like with Peter, Christ's hand is always stretched out to rescue us, you know, even if we're sinking. That's good, Sean. Thank you, man. Is Joshua or Ben? Do you guys have a, a story about? I want a good one, man. 
you know, like we're like Mike gave us an awesome one here, real world from the heart. You know, you can feel it. Like and, <laughs> if you don't have one, that's okay. I have one. I'll do it while you're thinking. Uh, I was sick a long time ago, and uh, I was laying on the couch. It was pretty, pretty feeling really bad, and uh, I felt like darkness came around me. Like I couldn't pray. You know, I, I felt I'm sick. Why am I sick? Why I feel so bad? I felt like I was going to die, and I said. What I want to I want to pray. And I was trying to pray, and it felt like I, this black sphere was around me, and I couldn't. It felt all dark and darkness, and I thought, and, and there was a sense of your prayers are not getting to God. And for a minute, I believed it, and then all of a sudden, I think God was giving me courage. He said, "Well, I guess I heard, hey, even in hell, I can believe and praise God. You know, even if you feel like you are in total darkness, completely separated, nothing can take that." that you know God is there away from you. They can take your health. Uh, evil can take your health. You know, things can take your health and your money and your family and all that stuff. But nothing can take away the hope that we have, that there that God is there. Uh, even if you're in the pit of, you might consider hell yourself, uh, you can still glorify God, you know? And so I'd say if you're in a storm right now, praise God, like praise him. We had mentioned earlier, Peter uh, and then Paul and Silas also with the jailer, they, they were praising God in this pit in the ground, uh, raw sewage, uh, cut people, you know, terrible, terrible place to be in prison. And yet they were singing and praising God. And so I think uh, in this time, especially when you're sinking, just praise God, praise God that you know him. Anybody else have any, uh, any stories for us? Joshua. All right. So when I was, um, when I was in high school, uh, my faith was struggling a little bit. Um, especially when uh, our youth group uh, kind of started dissolving. Um, we started losing some members because there was a little bit of drama in the youth group. And um, me being one of the older kids in the youth group, you know, I was just feeling so discouraged that uh, when I left and a few of us older kids left, we the youth group was just going to be completely dissolved. And um, so we had that fear and... Um, but one thing that really encouraged me uh, was Philippians chapter four. Um, it says that uh, do not worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And so uh, I, I prayed for uh, strength for the youth group. And, um, you know, I feel like God really did answer my prayers because the youth group ended up becoming stronger than ever uh, after afterwards. And, um, you know, just knowing that God is there uh, makes us feel so content. And we see Paul feel this contentment in Philippians chapter four. So, you know, we have to be content with God um, and only God. And so he He is the source of our courage. Um, and we just need to keep that in mind. Well, is it the, the your faith in the, the week, whatever you have faith in is only as strong as that thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So if there's a bridge and it's made out of wood and you take a big tank over it, you know, that wood is not going to hold that tank. So then you say, well, the metal is going to hold it. And then, you know, all it's the faith and the strength of the material. And if you have a faith in God who is infinite, powerful, powerful above all things, you have no limits to what can what you can get through. Right. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, that's good. And Ben, you're you had a, 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 a situation when you have a baby, man. It's stressful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're like worried well, about the future. That, yeah that's a that's a crazy experience right there because you know you're worried about your wife's health and the baby's health that's it that's a storm i would say 
Yeah, for sure. You're, you're waiting for it to be you're, you're through that. But yeah, I was thinking a little further back. I was thinking about, you know, I, I've always stayed founded, uh, grounded, I guess, where you're constantly growing or trying to and, and diligent in your faith. But there's points where you screw up and you, you mess up big time and, and you start beating, your, beating yourself up over it. And, you know, I think that at those times, you're that's when your faith may be the weakest and you're shaking and uh, you lose sight of your focus. Right. And then for me, the, the, in that time, I was thinking about how other Christians come and in in just the right time, you know, and, and, and encourage you and uplift you and and, you know, just giving you a hug or just coming and talking to you about this or presenting you with this opportunity to kind of get back on your feet and, and uh, do something for the Lord that, you know, is helping a small congregation or helping some others or helping with this or that, you know, and uh, I know one brother is always calling me to come help him do something around his house or help him fix something or whatever, you know, and, and, and he was always encouraging when I was there. So it was always a beautiful thing. And I always developed such a good relationship with that brother and his family. So that's been something that for, to me that really grounded me. So as Christians, I think it's such a beautiful thing. If we do that same thing, we reach out to others and we go, when we see that we're going through hard times, are we reaching out and calling or reaching out and saying, Hey, are you okay? What's going on? Or is there anything I can get for you? Anything you need, you know, showing them love, showing them the kindness that we should as Christian. Yeah. I, I think when you get the focus on yourself, uh, you can get depressed, sad, you know, you know, Oh, woe is me. And, and just keep going down, 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 down. But when you look to other, other people, first of all, you take the focus off yourself. And second of all, you notice, wow, there's uh, other people who have needs probably greater than mine mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of times. And so that, that, that says, well, I can give to you. You know, I can give you my time. I can give you that compassion that you need. I might not have the money. I might not have this or that for you, but I have the compassion, the love, the prayers I can give you. So that's, that's good, Ben. Yeah, it's definitely. So when we feel like we're sinking, look out, look to Jesus, right? And then also look to others to see like, can, we, can, we, can I find, can I get encouragement from others? Can we get together and strengthen each other and lift each other up? And then can we help other people who are also sinking? I think, you know, what's crazy about drowning, guys, is when someone's drowning, you can try and save them, but they'll take you down too, right? Like a lifeguard has to come around from the back. They can't come from the front because a person will literally take them down. So if you try and save someone's life, you have to approach it the right way, you know, because they're trying to take, they'll take you down. So it's like you come from the back, you're, you're, pant- you're praying, you're, you're making sure you approach in love. But those people are panicking and if they can't look out and they can't take a break and they can't just for a moment take their eyes off of that situation they're in, they will drown themselves and other people. So our, our goal is to put is to bring the, the light of Jesus Christ to them and say, look to Jesus. He's he's strong. He's powerful. He'll get you through it. So that's good. All right. Let's see. I got the next question coming up here, I believe. All right. So the next question is. That's a good one. I always, every time I read it, I still, why do you think we doubt so easily? I mean, it says, and Peter was walking on water. He was doing it. And yet he doubted. Why? Why? And then uh, how do you deal with, obviously we don't know why he doubted, but it's a good question. Like, why do we doubt when we're walking on water? How do you deal with doubt? Does anybody want to take this one? Uh, First of all, maybe why do you think Peter doubted or why is it so easy to doubt? And then how do we deal with doubt? All right. How Joshua this time then Mike? (laughs) <laughs> okay so um you know it says that uh, in verse 30 but when he saw the strength of the wind 
he was afraid. Uh, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. So he had faith at first. You know, he came out of the boat and started walking, but it wasn't until he started seeing the strength of the wind and the waves is when he started facing discouragement. And um, I mean, this is relevant to our lives as well. Uh, you know, it's very easy to just become a Christian um, and, you know, want to coast through life, but that doesn't exactly happen. I mean, we see in, uh, I, I believe it's First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians, uh, Paul warns uh, the Thessalonians that they are going to face affliction. And he says, you know, as you know, it happened. It, it happened. I told you it was going to happen, and it happened. Um, so we have to expect the wind, and we have to expect uh, the waves to be strong. Uh, but we have to continue to maintain our focus on Jesus. Uh, this, again, calls to mind Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, uh, we, that maintaining that focus of looking only at Jesus uh, because he suffered you know, everything that uh, we had to suffer. He endured all the temptations that we had uh, to endure, um, but yet he was without sin. So when we look to him uh, and focus on him, not only is he... Is he our example, but he is our Lord, and he can help us through uh, our trials and difficulties. Yeah, and I don't think Jesus coasted through his mission. <laughs> exactly. A lot of persecution, you know, you got to walk everywhere, and uh, there was no showers, everybody. You know, they didn't have showers, they didn't have all the nice things we have today. It was, it's, a, it's a dirty, you know, on the road all the time. So it was not an easy coasting through life for Jesus, that's for sure. Mike, how about you? Yeah, I, I was just going to say what Josh said there that, you know, Peter put his eyes on on his circumstances, you know, and the, the waves crashing and and uh, as a result, taking them off of Jesus and putting them on them circumstances, he began to sink. And it's the same with us, you know, and it's so easy to do. And, and I think Satan does a good job to uh, stir those waves up and get them to start crashing in uh, more and more until he gets your attention. If you think about the book of Job and the way he did it with Job, you know, but, but Job said those, those uh, words we often preach from where he said, though he slay me, I will trust him. Job knew God was involved and, and knew that God was up to something. And uh, same thing with Jesus here. He made them go into the boat that that Greek word there means that he forced them or strongly urged them to go out into that water. He had a plan. And so, you know, anytime we find ourselves where the waves are crashing on the sides of the boat, just remember he has a plan. Keep your eyes on that, on, on, on that understanding. Yeah, that's good. Definitely. And, and, uh, what's the worst case for a Christian? You know, so you're afraid the boat's going to sink. You're going to die. What's going to happen next? Hmm. You're going to go to heaven. You're going to be with God forever. Sometimes this life, this physical life, we hold on to too tightly, you know, and we can't let it go. But, uh, and Jesus said, what? Those of you who lose your life for my sake shall find it. If you love your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. Ben, you got any thoughts on this one? Thanks, Mike. Yeah, I, I do. I was actually thinking of Mike's uh, comments with, uh, with him being on the boat. I'm thinking Jesus didn't go on the boat. And the people saw that, right? So then they see they they meet him on the other side, and they find him, and they're like, "Wait, you weren't with them, you know?" So maybe maybe there's part of that as well to, to speak to the people, like, "Hey, look, you know, how how in the world did you 
managed to get on that boat when we knew that you didn't you didn't go out on that. But I don't know, that's a thought that crossed my mind. But you know, the other thing I guess is the same general concept, but uh refocusing on our foundation, you know. Peter and the apostles and all had seen these miracles. They had seen different things that he had done at this point. And maybe they should have known, like should have seen the power and known the power and understood and grasped all his sayings and everything. Right. And, and, and had stronger faith than they did. We have God's word. We have the Bible. So we can go back and go, God, Jesus, they created this whole world. They created all of this. It's all around us. We can, we can look at all the miracles, all the recordings, we can go, yeah, all this is there. So we can re, you know, strengthen our foundation of, of what we know and, and the, you know, and then be able to turn that into a stronger faith and stronger foundation that we can, you know, build on. We're supposed to be built on rock and not, not, you know, not on sand. So not, not fickle and frail, but strong and, and sturdy. Right. So we need to have a faith that's, that's not going to be shook by the storms. Right. And you know what, that made me think, Ben, um, you know, the, there's a difference between the apostles before Jesus died and after he died, after he rose from mm-hmm. the dead. Do you notice Absolutely. that? Like they mm-hmm. were kind of doubtful. They were not 100% committed. They were wishy-washy. They didn't really have a strong vision or goal or purpose, right? And they were kind of purposeless. They were watching Jesus. They were learning from Jesus. The one thing I think, as you're talking, that the catalyst that changed them was that Jesus rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. You see, they, they, they'd already said he was the son of God. They always said, look, look even after the story, they said, look, yeah, he, the seas calmed down and stuff. This is truly the son of God. But they never believed it until when he rose from the dead. Because that's what it says. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus was risen from the dead to prove that he is the son of God. And he has power over life and death. And I think when I look at it, I look at Peter, a Peter, a man before who betrayed Jesus, who sunk in the water, who actually Satan tried to use him remember, to distract Jesus from his mission and even uh, denied him and all that stuff. And then finally, when he's the very first person that's preaching, who's getting put in jail, who's, what happened to this man? Like, he, he was messing up all the time and betraying Jesus. And then what was the one thing he had? Jesus is alive today, folks. You see, you might be scared, but that, guess what? You'll, if you're not a Christian, you, bet you should be afraid because when you die, you will come before God without the son of God on your side. As a Christian, Jesus has washed us clean through baptism and receiving the Holy Spirit. He has washed us clean through his sacrifice and his example. And we come before God perfect. But when the non-Christian comes before God, it's imperfection. And God cannot be around that. That's where people will end up in hell instead of heaven. So our greatest hope, everybody, in this time is that Jesus is alive. And if you don't believe it, Go down to Jerusalem, go look for his body because you're not going to find it there, you know, and that's amazing. And by the way, it's 2020 years later and our year 2020 is based on Jesus. <laughs> so Jesus is alive, folks. Um, so don't forget it. I want to do that. Um, does anybody have any more comments about how to deal with doubt? You know, like, let's say, you know, you've, you're doubting. You can feel it in your head. What's some ways that you've sorted it out, got out of doubt? That's that rhymes. How'd you get out of doubt? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say something real quick, then you guys could jump in. Uh, my main thing for me when I doubt is it's usually about me. You know, it's, it's all about what I can do, uh, my capabilities, my power. And if I can just put it and give it to God, I don't have to doubt anymore. You know, I don't have to doubt because I say, God, if you want to do it, you do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. 
But when I have control and it's not working, I'm doubting. I'm saying, I can't do this. How am I supposed to, how am I going to do this all, all by myself? And you're not by yourself. And you say, God, here, I give you my life. And he says, I'll take it or I'll leave it. That's up to me. So how, any guys, how do you guys deal with any doubt that you may have had? Is Joshua, you got something? Yeah, so uh, one key word I think that we've all mentioned very frequently is the word focus. Um, you know, is when we take our eyes off of Jesus, that's when we begin to doubt. So then that means we need to focus on Jesus. I mean, that's that's the logical sense. Well, how do we focus on Jesus? Well, Jesus's words are revealed in the word of God. And so we can actually focus on Jesus by going into our Bibles and, uh, you know, looking at the advice that he gives, um, looking at um, the salvation that he brings to people and the encouragement that he brings to people. Um, That can be uh, a way to rid yourself of doubt, uh, especially in uh, tough situations. That's good, man. So go to the word, right? The word of God is right there. Mike, what do you got? Yeah, well, uh, in Hebrews, of course, it teaches us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the assurance of things unseen. And so uh, it it, it all comes back to faith. When when you're doubting, you're lacking faith. I I think that worry is the opposite of faith, isn't it? Uh, To worry is to not have faith. It's in faith in what? In faith that, that he is God, that he walks on the waves, that he controls all things. So you know, we've got to come back to faith. And of course, faith comes through hearing the word of God. And so when you find yourself or I find myself in in a time of doubt, I have to just remind myself who's in control. You're not in control. He's in control. And if he wants it to go that way, it'll go that way. If he doesn't, it won't. Uh, Remember, you gave your life to him. And so whatever he wants, you're just willing to, uh, to live through that. And so you know, from that, I can just find find this inner peace where I can just let it go. You know, it it sounds funny, but as a Christian, you understand what I mean by that. Just just let it go and and just let God take control and see what he's going to do. Yeah, it reminds me of what Jesus said. Um, you can't even change the color of your hair, you know, with your mind or you can't change. these. Why worry? Most of the things we worry about, we can't change. <laughs> it, it, worry serves no purpose except to cause you to have health problems, pretty much. That's about it. Mm-hmm. It's easy to say not to do it, by the way, folks. We know worry is hard. You know, it's hard to get out of doubt. It's hard to get out of worry. But we know that with um, if you can re- be in God's word, it helps you. So we're not saying worrying and doubting is an easy thing to stop doing. But we are saying that with God, all things are possible. So if, you, if you are, you're not a Christian and you're worried and you feel like your life is, has no meaning and you you're, you're feel like you're sinking, one thing you can gain is that God created this world and he gave you meaning because you are his child. And, uh, you know, there's this racism stuff going on these days. And it's nice when, when, when Paul was talking in Acts 17 to the Mars Hill, he said, we are from one blood. There is no races to God. We're all the same. We were created from one blood. And um, what, what, what people, what man does for division, God has united us in saying that I created you. So listen up. If you're listening, you're not a Christian. God created you. And God proved his love for us, uh, that he gave his son so that we would be sinless through his sinful sacrifice. Like he, he, he took all the sin on himself. He took our sins and paid that debt. 
Um, and that's just amazing. So you can find hope in that. You know, you might not know where to find hope, but you can find hope in the Bible, as these guys have been talking about. Well, I want to, uh, unless you got a couple more things, we can do one more thing. Uh, anybody have any more comments? Ben, you got anything? You're good? Yeah, I want to say okay. um, maybe just briefly that we not only just step back and meditate and maybe deep breathe, you know, as we ponder on these things and see and refocus, you know, deep breathing is something we can do that's really amazing with that, helping with that. But we meditate then on the word, we pray and consider that Jesus is with us. We're not alone. Right. So we, we always have him right there beside us. Right. Right. You know, so we're not alone. We can, we're not facing anything alone. And we know who is our creator, who is with us, who is keeping us and who we're going to look forward to being with for eternity. So it's very, very important to just to focus and remember that we're not alone. Yeah. That, that just, just think about that for a minute, right? You're not alone. And, and you just, that, that sparked in my mind, by the way, Okay, we were talking about reading the Bible, right? When you're discouraged, doubting, um, maybe fearful. This is a real story about Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He grabbed him. Mm-hmm. He didn't let him sink. So you might feel like you're sinking and that God's not there. He will grab you or he will take you with him, but you will not sink. That's the cool part. So you could, this is a real story. This is happening. If you want to imagine, this was happening right now, right? So in your life, if you're sinking, Look to Jesus and what's he going to do? He's going to grab you and he's going to help you, you see. But if Peter would have looked away and never focused on Jesus, what would have happened? You can't grab Jesus' hand if you're not looking at him. I'm sure he looked back at Jesus. Didn't he say that? He said, Lord, save me. Save me, Lord. And he said, here, I'll grab you. So um, no matter how deep you're sinking, folks, uh, if you're listening or watching, there's only one person who can pull you out of it. That's Jesus Christ. That's it. No human's going to be able to help you. No human can help you pull you out of some of the depths that we get into. But only Jesus himself can pull us out. But you have to look to him, right? You have to grab his hand. So let's uh, let's talk about every... Hey, this is so this has been an awesome show, show so far, guys. But I'm going to do a little bit more time on some serving stuff. So we talked about uh, the story of Peter walking on water, which is unbelievable. And then uh, we've talked about getting through our getting more courage, talked about fear and, and hope and and how to get through doubting. It always points to Jesus, right? Everything we've talked about in his word. Um, so let's talk about something I think that helps everybody get through. Whenever you're feeling sad about your circumstances, you're feeling depressed, take your focus off yourself and put it on somebody else and help them. So this week's challenge uh, is pretty is a fun one. Uh, we, we, we've had a couple challenges. We've had read your Bible, Every day, you know, before you eat or something. And we've also had tell somebody about uh, if you can pray for them. I don't know if we had the Bible challenge yet. I should add that one. And then we've had the pray for people. And then we've had to ask them if they want a Bible study. This time I'm going to go a little bit further here. And we're going to say offer. So this week's challenge is offer to help or buy gas, food, or something for anyone. Now, this is the important part in the name of Jesus and to the glory of God, right? We want to do all things in Jesus' name. So I don't want you to just say, you know, hey, here's I'm paying for this gas. I want you to say, I'm paying for your gas because God loves you and Jesus loves me. And he gives me the love to help you or the the means to help you or whatever. So whatever it can be, whether it could be an encouraging word, doesn't have to be money, but do something in the name of Jesus this week. Uh, Have you guys have any uh, stories that maybe something uh, that you've done to help somebody that has been encouraging both to you and your time of 
depths or darkness or, you know, despair, sadness, and um, how it brought you up out of it. You got any stories? If you do, just raise your hand. I can keep talking. <laughs> but uh, all right, I'll tell them real quick. This weekend, I challenged the church because I'm the I the evangelist there. I said, let's uh, let's I, we got some some gas cards from uh, the gas station gift cards. And we wrote there's a receipt for each one, which you can copy the same thing if you want. So there's a receipt for each one. So on the back of the receipt, you can write uh, a message. So I said, well, I want you to write a message that says something about the, this is from God and that, that, that Jesus loves you. You know, it's something about Jesus, something about God. Give him glory. And then I want you to say at the bottom, if you need anything or want to learn more about Jesus, write your phone number. And if you don't have the courage to do that, then you can write my phone number, <laughs> but write some phone number to contact. So we did it. Uh, we went to the gas station um, and it was cool because before I before I even started it, I had to buy the gift cards. Right. So I went to a gas station and I got all the I got the gift cards. I, I got like 40 something of them, 40 of them. There was three people working there. And as they're going through, get the gift cards, I said, let me give me three more because I, because I think God was saying, hey, get these three right here. Why not? So they actually had the last three gift cards. It was funny. There was a total of 43 total. So those extra three were there. And um, so they got them and they get me all the cards, which took a long time because they have to write stuff um, on the back of the card or something. And uh, I said, you know what? Here's cards for you guys. And like, I could see some tear, you know, how people's eyes water up. Like they just did, they didn't expect it. And I said, you know what? God loves you. Like Jesus loves you. This is what it's about, right? This is, this is, God is real folks. And that's what we're his hands and feet. So I was able to do that. And I said, look, my number's on the back of that. If you need anything, you let me know. Now you tell me what, what do you think those people think about that? You know, they might, they, if I told them, you know, you're going to hell or, you know, um, you know, there's this guy named Jesus and he died for you. Or is it this, I'm sacrificing my money because I love you, but I love you because Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me. See, so that's what, that's what we're doing this, this challenge this week. You're not doing this to try and get credit in heaven. We're not doing that for that. We're not doing this to try and check a box. Um, we're doing this because why? Jesus loved us first. So we handed out these cards. It was fun. The manager called me because we had too many kids and stuff running around the gas station. <laughs> so I learned some good things later on in the future. But uh, the whole church showed up and uh, they were there just handing things out. Some people were nice. Most people were nice. Some people were not so nice. But it was good because they said, you know, this is your practice for evangelism, everybody. We're not just giving out gas cards. You're giving out, you're giving out eternal life. So if you want to practice, you know, say you're not very good at evangelism, you just feel scared. Well, go ahead and do this. Try this out. Get a few get, get gas cards or something and just hand them out. And uh, you'll you'll get some rejection, but you'll also get amazing people. Some people just took our the note like they wanted to know who we were. They didn't even take the gas card. Um, so anybody else have any stories like that or something? Mike, go for it. Uh, but just, just to add to what you're saying, you know, in, in today's world, it, it certainly lacks love and kindness and and brotherhood and unity that used to exist uh, so just doing that alone you know I, I I could think of times that I just paid for someone's bill and and I didn't say anything I just paid their bill and left you know but it puts a smile on someone's face and it reminds them that there is something that exists that's called love and of course God is love and and where do we get love from and it 
maybe it, it plants a seed, you know, and makes somebody start to think maybe, maybe their heart was getting hardened or they were upset about things or angry about something. And, you know, if we can just start sharing love, I, I don't, I don't want to sound liberal in the sense that, you know, that sense, but, you know, to just, just so that our, our country would start to be that way again, that we, we love one another. We drive down the street and wave to one another and say hi to one another and smile at each other. And we're just not like that anymore with all the division. And if we can just bring it back, then maybe we'd start to restore again, you know, some of those foundational principles that we once held here in America and, and even other places in the world. Well, joy, man. Like it says, freely you have received, freely give. What have we received from, from God? His son. We, we, that's, that should make us happy enough, shouldn't it? Like there are people who like our kids did this right, and there was one guy who was not very nice to my kid. Said, "Get out of here," and I and I and he took it well. But I was like, you know what? This is teaching me to love. I said, "Justice," or my son's justice. He said, "Hey, this is what happened to Jesus." They said, "Get out of here! I want to kill you? You're ridiculous! I'm, I don't want you to help me." And I said, "But Jesus still said, forgive them." So I said, "You know what? This is hard to get rejected. You know, you're given things. I don't want anybody who listens to this to think that it's going to happen to them all the time. This rarely happens." But um, it's a good teaching moment because it said it's easy to love people who say, oh, thank you. Oh, it's so cool. And it's harder to love people who say, get out of here. Because what you're bringing them is something good and something that's selfless. But they're rejecting it because they're just not, they don't have the heart. They don't, they don't. And so we have to go and say, but I love you still. And that's the hardest thing. Thanks, Mike. That's really good, man. Maybe hey, if it starts with you and Joshua and me. You know, it just takes one person to start being that that person in the world that needs to be that light. So isn't it cool? Jesus said we are the light. There's a reason we're a light, especially in this darkness. And that light is that joy we have, that peace we have in this storm, the courage we have to do what's right. Joshua, you got something? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a few things that I got. Um, I, um, I normally try not to, uh, you know, because I don't want to sound like I'm boasting or anything. Yeah, no. Well, real quick, hold um, but, on, hold on, hold on. Guys, everybody, you know, the Bible says not to let, let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. Um, but these days, I don't think no one even knows anybody's doing anything. So it's your heart, obviously. So Joshua, if you're saying stuff, don't worry. It's um, it's our hearts. We're, we're telling you this, folks, because we want you to feel that love and, and, and be empowered and encouraged to do it. Not to say, hey, good for you, Titus or Mike or Joshua or Ben. No, we don't want that. We don't want any praise, okay? So when Joshua talks about it or I do, we don't want your praise. We want your action and love towards others, right? That's how we're doing it. So just clarifying. Go ahead, Joshua. Exactly. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> um, uh, but every now and then I, I try to go into a homeless shelter. Uh, we have one in Birmingham uh, that was open before all this COVID uh, stuff was happening. Um, but I, I would take a few few days out of my year to go and volunteer uh, at the homeless shelter, cook breakfast for them. Um, there's also uh, a lot of homeless people in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, where I go to very often, especially as a freed student. You know, it's good to retreat there towards uh, the weekend. And so, um, you know, I'll go there. There'll be homeless people. And every now and then I'll uh, hand them cash or something, tell them to go get something to eat. I guess that's one way of uh, encouraging someone um, and helping somebody out. Isn't it? I mean, just like Jesus reaching out, these people are sinking, by the way. Uh, if you're not a Christian, you're sinking. You may not realize it, but you are. I was sinking. 
when I was lost and I didn't look to Jesus and I didn't follow him, I was sinking. I was drowning. So when you do that, Joshua, you know, and you reach out to people, there's no reason. Why would you do that? You're sacrificing your time. You might get dirty. You might get sick. You, you Why? There's no logical reason. So do it out of love. Yes. Yeah. And love is illogical to the world because it says that the, 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 our the Christians are foolishness. Like people think it's foolishness. Uh, because the world says it's about me and protecting me and what I do. But you know what happens when you protect yourself? You get you die. Because <laughs> when you're sinking, no one pulls you out of the water. <laughs> but when you help other people, what do they do? Hey, he's sinking. Quick, help him out. I remember he was helping me. You know, like everybody helps you out. And so, uh, yeah, Joshua, that's awesome. Serving other people, right? So that's a, this week's challenge uh, is just offer to help somebody. You know, even if you help someone across the street or you pass, you know, you say, hey, you know, just want to say, you, you, I like this or this or positive something and say, you know what? I just want to say, I want to encourage you because I'm a Christian that I appreciate you, you know, or it, it could be anything. So just don't, just take the opportunity to do that, especially now. Because what overcomes evil, everybody? The Bible says good. Overcome evil with good. And you know what's cool? If you take out an O and good, you got God. <laughs> That's such a cool thing. So, um, you know. I don't know if we have anything else. Does anybody else have any stuff to share, Ben? How about you? Anybody? Uh, you don't have to, but before we, well, we sign off. You know, on the same page, I used to keep a Bible, extra Bibles, old, old Bibles, you know, in the in the car with some tracks and, you know, go pick up a, a meal for the homeless, you know, that we see, you know, the same ones a lot of times in the same places. So, you know, I'd pass them by and go, oh, I'm go pick them up something and bring them back to Bible. So at least you're giving them the word. Give them the truth, something they can look at, and you you'd be surprised how how grateful they are, just for something so little, you know, and uh, being able to reach out and, and help them in, in just a small way, and and they they take it so so well. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen someone so grateful. You just you know, getting a burger and a you know and a Bible, like wow, you know, thank you so That's much, good. you know, and it's, it's it's amazing. Like you, you it makes you feel good, but then you're also doing something good, hopefully, to be profitable to them, you know, because we 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 got to go out and spread the gospel on a regular basis. So what are we, what are we doing on a daily basis? So there's people we go to regularly places we go to every day. Maybe, maybe it's the coffee shop for some people, you know, they go pick up a coffee every day. You be, you develop relationships with those individuals that you see in passing every day. Do you ever invite them to worship or study with you or bring them a track or, you know, ask them about you know something, you know, do you ever give them something to invest? I brought, you know, see, I brought CDs. We uh, have back home at South Haven. We have the power lectureships there. So I get the, the tracks and I bring them to some of my coworkers and things like that. And, you know, and a lot of them are very um, happy to receive that. You know, they may, they may not pick it up that immediate and go, I'm going to read, uh, read this or watch this or whatever. But, you know, they have this now and it's going to be something that hopefully they'll pull out at some point, you know, and look to and it'll hopefully guide the truth. They're planting seeds, even if it's like you said, long tail evangelism. Something's gonna might take a while, but you know, hopefully, hopefully they'll dig into the word and go, okay, you know, and come around or remember what you did for them and reach out to you and say, hey, um, can we study? Can we talk about this? So, right, so. that's good. Yeah, like we have to go make disciples mm-hmm. of all nations. Isn't that it? That's it. I think we forget to do that sometimes. We think go to church. No, go make mm-hmm. disciples of all nations as the church. <laughs> So I'll leave it with that. Um, anybody else have anything before we sign off? I want to make sure you got it. Okay, cool. Joshua, would you close us in prayer this time? Yeah, Please. yeah, sure. 
My battery's at three percent, so I apologize okay. if it closes out. That's right, man. Try to get it in. But, all right, th- a three percent right. prayer. Let's do it. <laughs> all right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day that you've blessed us with, and thank you for allowing us to come and study your Word. And Father, we know that your Word is full of so much wisdom, and we pray that uh, we are able to take this wisdom and uh, apply it to our lives and. Uh, that we are able to go out and be a light to the world that's around us. Father, we know that uh, we don't deserve any of the blessings that we have because of the sins that we've committed, but Father, we know that you're rich in grace and mercy, and we pray that uh, we continue to thank you for your grace and mercy. Uh, But Father, we are most thankful for your Son who died on the cross for our sins. Uh, Father, we pray that uh, we proclaim uh, his name uh, to the world, and we, we pray that uh, we tell everyone about him. Father, uh, thank you for Jesus, and uh, it's in his name that we pray. Amen.